Hello, Jamie. Hello, Matt. And welcome, every other person. This is 9 the podcast for business owners that just don't stop. Brought to you by Iwaka. How you doing, Matt? I'm very well, Jamie, but to change things up, how are you? How are me? How, yeah. are, how are me? How are me? How is me? Me is, um, I'm busy. There's a lot on. Oh. So, In a good way, though? Yeah, <laughs> that's a hesitant yes. Yeah, I had to go to the dentist a few times. Ooh. Dental thing. Are you a fan? Okay, Am wrong I a question. Fan of the dentist? Maybe not a fan. He's uh, a fan. Are you, are you okay with the dentist? Do you... I mean, I don't. I don't get worried about the pain or anything. Yeah. That's fine. But I get worried about the pain of my wallet. Mm, yeah, I can understand that one. I have a I have a love hate relationship with I think with any medical profession. It all stems from. Uh, being told by the GP that I don't visit the doctors enough was an odd one. And I, I got, well, you don't come for checkups very often, do you? I thought, well, I'm, I'm here I'm now. So, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not generally ill. I didn't see the point of coming in. Um, whereas conversely, you go to the dentist and it's, you should have come eight months ago because your teeth have fallen out. You're like, yeah, I noticed. The pain's overwhelming. That's why I'm here now. Yeah. Please tell me how many fillings do I need and how much is it going to cost? Exactly. It, um, if I ever wanted to be a business owner in another life, being a owning a dental practice seems Absolutely. like a, a great job. Perfect, perfect opportunity. Yeah. 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 Just um, look at your mouth and uh, that'll be fifty pounds. You, you effectively get to spend the whole day moaning at people and telling them off, and they feel bad. And, and all they've done is walk in your room and they're going to pay you when they leave. Well, it's just disgraceful. Do you, do you not know what flossing is? I do. Why don't you? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I just feel great. Some sort of like <laughs> boot camp thing. It is. Uh, yeah. It is, yeah. So, so apart, but I mean, apart from that, I'm you know lots on running the ferry, running running that way. We were up for an award last night oh, at the did we win content marketing awards? We uh, did not. Oh. Next year we are definitely entering the podcast category, though. Well, why wouldn't we? Well, I mean, I the, we do a podcast the, after all. I know the one that won as well. I was like. Better than them. <laughs> so, Humble. Well done. <laughs> I walk a value. <laughs> no, let's. Um, yeah, this is me moaning and griping, oh, and you fun. can tell I'm well, in that sort of mood. So let's just. Talking mo- about money, you're well, saying they're spending the money there. I think your news article this week is about capitalism, is that right? Yes. Uh, this, so what, what have you seen in the news that we can talk about? Well, this was uh, quite a big article in the BBC, actually, a BBC news site, and it says that the um, the UK has one of the most extreme forms of capitalism in the world. Oh, go UK. Um, and this is according to a report by Professor Colin Meyer, um, author um, of the report um, on the future of the corporation for the British Academy. Okay. And, um, yep. Yeah, and they're saying we really, really urgently need to rethink how business operates in society in the so, UK. So not a small change is what he's suggesting. Nope. Yeah, Absolutely just, just, just a little tinker, <laughs> little, t- little, little tinker with the fundamentals of capitalism. Wow, yeah, that, that won't take long. Um, yeah, the thrust of the argument seems to be that um, in the UK, shareholders... Uh, make up are usually in larger larger corporations are usually institutional investors and it's very diffused. Right. So there's no there's not really a majority vested interest and that's quite different to say the United States and and lots of other countries where it, the interests of the business are driven by a, a smaller group of individuals. Yeah. So if you look at small business, 
you own the business, therefore you're invested in wanting to, it to succeed because you're working in the business on the business. Whereas an institution, if an investment goes bad, overall they're not really that bothered. And and that is, is that what you're getting at? Well, it, it, it's sort of like that. When you're, when you are, uh, when a company is made up by institutional investors which are doing it to further profit, uh, yes, okay. then you, what you have is a... Sausage machine. A sausage machine. You're going to have to explain that one. Uh, so you put the meat in and you get the sausages out the other end and it doesn't matter what you do in the middle, you just got to make sure you get the sausages out. <laughs> yes, you have a FTSE 100 sausage machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. But yeah, no, the, you, you're right. You, you focus on profit you've, and short-termist profit over long-term investments and yeah. uh, anything that goes contrary to that is not really what the investors, the hedge fund, institutional care asset about. management, they don't care about that. Yeah. They just care about ensuring that you generate a profit. So if you have these biggest companies in society that are just driven by short-term profit, then the argument goes you end up getting like the same situations as the financial crash, um, 2008, or just... E- Sort of slightly more banal banal than that. I can't even say that word today. Is um, nobody focuses on anything else? No one cares well, about that. You're going to start being cost cutting. You're going to start looking at quality that just drops off on anything physical uh, or anything service based. I think it's been seen quite a lot recently in the last uh, well last couple of decades really, where everyone's now importing from from abroad in terms of having manufacturing is getting set up abroad as opposed to within the UK. Uh, because it's cheaper in terms of workforce and uh, supplies to actually get things made abroad, so that's is that you know is is it that kind of aspect that they're looking at as well in terms of trying to almost bring the business back to the UK by having more of everyone having more of a vested interest in success, and therefore you're going to look at it on a whole, or are they more worried about just generally as you say, investors driving for profit and not worrying about the rest. It seems to be about the investors for profit is the main thing that they're focusing on. It, uh, looking at the news article, there isn't really, as far as I can see, a clear solution that's outlined. Right. It's just kind of like, yeah, so this is a big problem. I think I think the reason that I wanted to bring it into the uh, podcast booth today was what do people, what do you think, what do people think about the role of the business plays in society more generally. Is there an obligation from businesses, both big and small, to uh, contribute to their society? Or is it perfectly acceptable for, you know, to make a business just to go after wealth uh, and profit creation over anything else? Because that's Mm. essentially what business is, really, like in the fairest capitalism. Yeah, I make money. Make money, more money. Yeah. Wait, are you are you saying are you saying that's what you think it should do, or you? I, and I'm agreeing with your point. That's what a business is at the moment in the capital world that we're in is just uh, how can you make the most money. Um, and I, I can understand the point you're, you're putting across, and the, and the point that the article in the report shows. It's um, yeah, it's interesting because I know there was, um, and I don't want to talk too far into the the topic because it's an area I just we can we can form an argument straight away is uh it, politically they've actually there's manifestos for the snap election coming out aren't there where i think both labor and conservative are talking around different points around this yes um, in fact uh, professor meyer had something to say about that um because of course the labor uh, manifestos come out with um 
a big shake-up on how business is going to be run. They want to nationalise parts of it, including water, rail, energy, mm. mail, and broadband, of course, could, could, free board, broadband. <laughs> um, that upset some of the big corporations. So, in fact, it would be fantastic to see it all actually happen, um, but whether it is... Well, Professor Meyer says that possible, the, um, their manifesto is too traditional and old-fashioned in its way of achieving its aims. So he obviously doesn't mm. agree with that plan for it, but I, I, I haven't quite seen a plan forthcoming for how we can suddenly make businesses socially minded um, all of a sudden. So I think, like I say, nationalisation would be great, but then the taxes go. It's questionable. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not uh, involved in that sort of process that much. I can't give a educated answer on whether it would be good or bad. But if it's someone that's kind of doing this as a job saying it's a bit bold, then maybe it just needs a bit of a rework. It'd be I interesting th- to see something actually occur in the next few years because you look at the look at the railways, privatisation of the railways, South West Rail, or South West Car Park or Train Park. Um, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good. I'd like to see how this sort of progresses and what I, changes they might suggest to try and fix the issues if they are there. Yeah, if you would look, my opinion is that um, my opinion is that what we'll see is this social requirement end up dovetailing into um, profit anyway. Yeah. So you, we've seen lots recently about Extinction Rebellion and su- sustainability and climate change, and we're all becoming more conscientious buyers um, and um, uh, co- issue-driven buyers as well like you look at the sort of backlash uber's got in london well not really backlash from <laughs> from sadiq khan but as i say uh, backlash is in, it's not really backlash they just yeah we'll, we'll see how that plays out i think but that's hey, another over, one to keep overall, but, but the point yeah. is like not to derail the um the topic or, or nationalize the rail for that topic <laughs> is that um we'll we'll vote with our wallets and then institution institutions will have to take into account these societal changes i think in the future and we'll see that now, it might be completely cynical and might still be different for profit, but it will probably still yeah. mean a greater, happier, greener world as a result. That's what I think. I don't know. That's a nice hope. What do you think? I'll just find out. See what the listeners think as well. Yeah. What should we? Uh, should we roll on to uh, a brighter future? Right now? Roll on. Yeah. Full steam ahead, I say. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Look at this. Historical puns. Uh, <laughs> Historical? <laughs> yeah, steam engines. Oh, steam engines. Um, come on, Jamie. Keep up with your own humour. So, rolling yeah. forward to a brighter future, though. The invention I want to talk about this week. Okay. So, bringing an invention to the table that is uh, a light harvesting helmet uh, oh. uh, that will deliver endless power to the user. In the future, what like some sort of superhero? A light harness? Wait, wait, let's just break I, this down. I, yeah. A light harnessing, like harvesting. Har- like, harvesting. Har- oh, it's not harnessing. Not harnessing. No, harvesting. Harvesting is like when you sow some seeds and then you reap the. Harvesting is reaping the rewards of work, or yeah, or getting something that you didn't have before. You're and, harvesting, and then delivers endless power to the user, like. Yeah, like so a power ranger. I think it's a it's a flashy title. Hey, see what I did there? Um, but it's actually more so. It's going to be uh, let's you know break it down to simplistic terms. What is it? It's very very good. Um, uh, what they called UV sensors. Oh, he's forgotten the term already. 
Solar panels. That's the one. Solar panels. UV sensors. Correct. Uh, they, nah. um, so it's really, really clever solar paneling uh, that's been developed and that can actually be adapted to fit onto uh, clothing, so different shapes. I personally don't know why they've chosen a helmet because my thought process is unless you're on a bicycle or a motorcycle, you're not going to go on your daily commute wearing a helmet with solar panels on it. Well, I certainly wouldn't, because I take the <laughs> underground, and that would be <laughs> incredibly futile. So the idea here is that they're being developed uh, by a protective wear manufacturer, POC, um, with, a, with a Swedish tech firm. So I think the, the initial idea, by the sounds of it, is going to be sort of motorcycle helmets um, that effectively are able to charge up devices through the solar, pa- solar panelling. And the use case they've given is, you know, leaving the house and having a song stuck in your head and then you've gone to plug your what your headphones in and realise you've got no power in your phone. I'm sorry, it's a that terrible seems use completely case. pointless. <laughs> oh my God, I've um, forgotten to charge my phone. I need to charge it on my motorcycle. It just seems, yeah, no, no, so no, no. Exactly, no. It's, a, it's a carbon, so the, the, the science behind it is it's a carbon positive material uh, anyone out there knows what that means, please let us know. Podcast It uh, converts light to electricity in ambient light conditions, so from natural and artificial light. Uh, so on the underground would still work, Jamie. You get to sit on the underground, cheering everyone up because you've got a helmet on, uh, and confusing all the other commuters. But then if you are in a crush, at least you can bash your way out. I think um, that's... Yeah, smart. Personally, I don't know why you bonkers. wouldn't go for a jacket. Would you not think a jacket would be more appropriate? Bigger surface area, more option to absorb light, not quite as ridiculous. It's probably quite... Expensive, perhaps. Uh, heavy? Sweaty? I don't I don't think they're that heavy by the sounds. If it's, it fits on your head, maybe sweaty. Maybe they, they can't deal with the... Wouldn't have any... Uh, let any air out. Wouldn't be ventilated. But overall... I think it just shows the the improvement of the solar panel technology. So if we're looking, as you mentioned earlier, looking at trying to change the world, moving away from fossil fuels uh, to find more renewable, sustainable power sources is kind of a necessity and has been for a few years. That's why we've seen the the rise of electric cars coming into the play, um, now getting up to like 400, 600 miles on a charge. They don't have solar panels on the roof, though. No, but it's the 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 improvement of the technology is it not that you're showing people are able now to do more with less you've got solar panel farms popping up all over the country germany for example you any new build that goes up they have to have solar panels built onto the roofs um part of the government like, as part of a legislation across the country is it sunny in germany well, I think it's about as sunny as it is in England, probably a bit more because it's closer to the equator. Um, but it's just it's finding ways of creating more power without using, relying on fossil fuels. See, I, I feel like th- this whole... You're in a very cynical mood today, aren't you? Uh, you are, it's a re- role uh, reversal. Grumpy Jamie <laughs> talking on the podcast. I think, right, I think that um, if you're going to invest all this time and energy, you should make the suits out of Dune. Then you can just recycle your sweat. Oh, it wouldn't be great. I you mean, never need slightly to, concerning, but great. Never have to buy a drink again. I was I was really disappointed when I saw the Dune movie, having read the books, because it wasn't what I envisaged. It's got sting. True, it does have sting in it. Um, <laughs> that was what... 
That's Twen- a 20, twenty one year old me was like, I'm gonna become an inventor yeah. and I'm gonna make that suit. Yeah. And then I learned out that NASA and the US military had already tried it and I realized it was really, 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 really hard. hard. And yeah. I was like, I'll do it. I've just gotta collect the sweat from Nice. <laughs> it's friendly. Yeah. Got to the prototype and yeah. everything. Someone and will drink it. it. Yeah. A couple uh, of bin bags and some Funnels. I feel like we're stepping away from electricity here to recy- recycling water. Well, solar panels uh, are boring, aren't they? Oh, I'm sorry. Especially one that's on a helmet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see someone walking down the street with it, though. If it was, you know, actually someone wandering along with a motorcycle helmet and a solar panel strapped to the top of it, fantastic. Good I think it them. should go retro and have like a diesel generator. Just <laughs> 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 uh, bring a hold. Or, or we can go back to the Flying Dutchman sort of. Coal, shoveling coal, go back to the rail reference. Yeah, that sounds good. I don't know where you put the coal or carry it, but worth a, worth a look in, isn't it? it worth a look in. Tweaks your cheeks. <laughs> Moving on. Right, it is quiz time, Jamie. Talking oh, about Jeez, marketing. Louise. Yes, Jeez Louise, we're, we're diving through it this week. Um, and there's a reason for that. We'll get to it at the end. Ooh, surprise. Um, concerned. So this is the section now where... We or I quiz you on different marketing techniques, trends, things, channels, ideas. I believe this is the last one as well. This is going to be we the did, last marketing. We did explained. finance explained, and now we've done marketing explained. We're we up to twenty now. Yep. This wow, is twenty episode episodes. 20. Oh, big cheer! Way. Um, so the fun. last, the last marketing explained of the season. Then we're going to be talking about lead gen marketing. Ooh. Okay. So how do you use marketing to help generate leads and prospect customers for your business? Okay. So lead generation is, is exactly as you said, is someone who's not quite yet a customer, but potentially could be a customer. You usually uh, come across this term in um, business to business environments rather than business to consumer environments. And that's because generally the customer's not that vested you know like so you, you, you who wants to be a lead before you're a customer before you bought something right so you're gonna <laughs> be to be so you don't tell them that they're a lead no generally, <laughs> well that'd be quite an interesting and novel approach wouldn't yeah. it hello i'm calling up because you're a prospect for our company i hope you will basically yeah. yes yeah. The, the the aim is to capture as much information as you can that the the customer or the 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 prospective client is willing to give you, and then use that to close a deal and make a sale. Mm. Simple process, isn't it? Okay. Yep. Yeah, sounds pretty pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, so so it's, it's as easy to do that, is it? You just well, how do you there. how do you think? How what what do you think you need? Uh, well, you're going to need something to draw attention, some bait. Yes. In bait a, is good. If we're looking in a fishing analogy, then you're going to need something, hopefully not clickbaity as the term goes, where you click on something and then when you get to it, it's not what you expected and it's just trying to uh, steal your information. Yes, Um, that's true. You don't want crap. You want something of value and you offer something of value to that person in exchange for a bit of data from them. A little bit of their soul. A little bit of their soul. It's going to be a teensy weensy little bit. So nowadays it is typically going to be those uh, download this report and give us your email address and we'll email the report to you. Oh, and by the way, we'll probably follow up with you afterwards. Or can we follow up with you afterwards? Yes, that's exactly right. Avec GDPR. Yes, and GDPR, you can't just collect people's data and all of that stuff. Really made it quite boring, didn't it? 
yeah, bring back the wildest days where you could email anybody. Oh, and, I'm joking, of no, course. Yeah, no, of course, uh, yeah, yes. no um, yeah, you, you, so there's, there's three areas you need to look at with lead generation. The, fir- okay. the first is uh, obviously is creating something of value to what is it? It has to be valuable to your customers and it also has to be... Um, so it has to be valuable to yeah it has to be interesting but it also has to be related to your business because if I put together the ten best ways to make a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. uh, I reckon people will read it. I think people will read it, but I'd be yeah. very hard to sell IT equipment if that's my business to them. Yeah, quite, quite okay. difficult. It has Fair to enough. be relevant. Okay. Has to be insightful, um, and you have to think quite carefully about how you show it to them. Um, this is often. Usually with pop-ups or specific pages, gated pages on your website. Okay. Um, if anybody is doing this sort of ad hoc, then you not ad hoc. If you're doing this for the first time, then using something like Optin Monster, which is a um, a software that allows pop-ups on your um, you to design pop-ups to put on your website is quite a good first oh, okay. first step. So you're saying so content relevance and distribution. They're the three main things you want to look at. No, sorry. So it's it, it's the the quality of the content. Yeah. The subscriptional visibility, like uh, how you're going to capture the data, so the data gateway, yeah, like where that is, and then the last thing is your sales process. Uh, okay, so then when you've captured it, what do you do with those? Yeah. Leads? So if you so just storing them on a Excel sheet somewhere and hiding them away. Yeah. So if you store them for three months and then you contact them after, then Chances are they're probably going to be like, who? Awaku? Awahu? Yeah, understood. So yeah. you need to follow, you need to have a, a efficient sales process. You need to have somebody following up immediately, um, being slightly creepy about it almost, like they've downloaded the form and then ring, 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 hello. Oh, I, I don't I know. Sometimes I don't know. It is a bit scary, isn't it? To know that, to know that it happens that quickly. You just, uh, click download, phone rings. I'd just be terrified. Like, no, no, not answering it. No, go yeah. away. Apparently, <laughs> some people do recommend it as best practice. I know. I've, I've uh, years and years of doing sales techniques and training. It is uh, within the first hour is the response rate you want. Within the first minute, I don't know. Does that show desperation? Maybe? I I personally would love to trial at some point. A um, someone downloads a form and instead of ringing them. I just send them a text message going, I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might get some interesting reviews online. Let's put it that way. Um, See what happens. So you got these, but you got these three areas, right? And you need to, um, it's like any sort of data-driven approach. You need to test each one. You need yeah. to test your content, see what resonates. You need to test your visibility and see what's going to generate the clicks. Like, you know, is it going to appear to returning users to your website? Is it going to appear um, uh, after someone's been inactive for a little bit of time? Like all of these different things have to be tested, and you have I to A/B test that's it. That's something we haven't talked about. A/B testing. Oh, we missed out. Well, there's no perfect chance now. What is A/B testing, Jamie? What, what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> A/B testing, Matt. You just like like you don't know, Matt. Hey. Um, A/B testing is where you. Uh, basically split the traffic to a page or or something that's being viewed and half of them or a set percentage of uh, the audience is um, shown one item, like one visual creation. So one form option to get this content? Yeah, it's got a certain image or something. And then you change one thing and you show it 
the the other half of the traffic is shown it with this one thing changed. And if you get more click through and you get more conversion as a result of this element being changed, you, know you go, works. oh, well, we'll put this at mainstream. And then you keep on testing those elements until you've got like a really efficient form. It's really, it's used a lot in um, paid social, um, putting out adverts in general, but you can do it on your website as well. You can split the traffic and then look. So good for lead gen, but equally good for every other type of marketing or that uh, you're doing. Typically. Yeah, it's good for lead gen. It's, it's good for UX testing. It's good for testing pages. I mean, a really easy way to do it is to um, you um, you get some paid traffic. You pay for some traffic. Um, like, so you, you just Google, I'll have some traffic, please. Um, no, yeah. you just talking you, internet traffic here and bid, not road users. You every, bid on the keywords yeah. that you yeah. want and then split it as it goes in, and then you see what happens. And it kind of, you, you get a fairly good sense depending on how many people are like how many people are coming to your website already, what you need to change. Sounds good. So, that's one way that you're going to optimize your lead generation, but you need to make sure that you, it's my sort of summary, just offer things of value all the time and just follow up quickly and don't be an idiot about it. Don't hey. spam people, don't GDPR things. Don't GDPR things. Cool. Got it. Do GDPR. Don't do You can tell I'm incredibly <laughs> eloquent today. Yeah, very, I like it. Do you have any more questions about lead generation? I think, no, I think that covers everything. Okay, I will just name off uh, a couple of uh, areas that uh, not areas, a couple of companies, um, and now I'm getting a really strange deja vu that we might have done this before. And if we have, then let me know. But we've uh, Marketo, Eloqua, and um, something else. Can't remember. And another one. one. And then the HubSpot. That's the one. HubSpot. Ah, okay. Is that for both marketing and the following up. Yes. Yes. The whole Perfect. sort of email content. The whole shebang. Yeah. Sounds good. What's next? Uh, we are on to Brilliant or Bonkers. Oh, cunning how we got around to that one. Yeah. What's, what's Brilliant or Bonkers, on. Jamie? Brilliant or Bonkers is where we look at... What do we look at, Matt? We look at quotes. Hey. Not just any quotes, though. <laughs> the best quotes from all around the world and decide whether they are Brilliant or Bonkers for small businesses. And we have gone to the sort of furthest reaches of the elven past. So you've changed universes here, haven't you, for this quote? When you, yes. uh, and I really appreciate it. This is, uh, it is I possibly... You, yeah, this I thought is, you might like this one. Yeah, this is it. So um, just to give people a context of, of where this quote comes from, I don't, I'm, you're obviously going to read this one out. This is yours. But this is from uh, an author who didn't just create a story. He first created an entire universe, backstory, religions, and languages... And then thought maybe there's a story in here somewhere. Um, yeah, it's the fantastic J.R.R. Tolkien. Best movies of all time. Oh, just, just, give me strength. <laughs> oh, you know how to annoy me so easily. <laughs> Best books in the fantasy sex of all time, perhaps. Fantasy what? Fancy section, I was trying to say. Sect. I just said sect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't Fail come off like that. Didn't. Sounded, sounded <laughs> <laughs> fantasy. Well, well, yeah, that sounds like a whole different category. We'll see, what it, we'll see what it sounds like on the, on the readback. Um, um, yeah. Yes, no, this is Tolkien. And of course, I have read the books. Like, I just, oh, I know, I'm just, I know I'm just winding you up. Do you know who bit. said it? Who said this? Mm. Is it Smaug? No, it is not. It is Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins wrote it. 
uh, as a letter introduction for Frodo to Aragorn Strider. Oh. And then when he was in the Elven Council, they went, oh, I wrote that, I wrote that note, mate. <laughs> He's like, oh, right. cheers, big boy, cheers. Well, let's get to yeah. it, because I, I, I obviously don't know the books that well. Um, <clears throat> here, here is the quote. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are reached by the frost. From the ashes of fire shall be woken. A light from the shadow shall spring. Renewed shall be the blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. Ooh, Ooh chills. Love it. Should have been on the uh, movie set, me. <laughs> Would have done well as a T-boy. hobbit. T-boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, what does it mean, Jamie, for a small business owner? What does this quote mean? Well, you know... I you thought know, I, I, I'd put the quote in and then oh. we, we, we would work backwards to what it meant for a small business <laughs> oh, right. owner. Okay. I think that it is uh, it's almost a little bit Christian, I think. It's a little bit about the meek shall inherit the earth at the end. The sort of, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, the, the sort of the downtrodden will come back up again. Uh, and also that uh, things aren't that what they appear and those who don't seem to have strength actually do have a lot of strength. Which... Now that I think about it, seems like a good analogy for small businesses <laughs> up against the big institutional investors who are doing all that corporate damage. Um, that these people are kind of messed around with politics and economies, and therefore, you know, one day they too will be king. Okay. What do you think? I don't know. Do you think that was a whole load of bull? <laughs> what do you think that was? Well, considering we changed, we changed the, uh, the name of the section away from bull to bonkers, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, it is is very much being rooted in rooted in the area, isn't it? Of actually making sure that you know everything gold doesn't glitter. Yeah, simple. Uh, everyone, people that wander, not necessarily lost. So looking around and seeing what everyone else is up to isn't necessarily beautiful a bad thing. diversification and, and so the, the strong, businesses. the older that are strong, don't wither. So make sure you've got good roots. And you're not going to get frostbitten or become weak. Make sure you diversify, um, and then yeah. Then the meek shall inherit the earth. So obviously, uh, Tolkien, I don't, you probably do know this as you've read him. He's uh, he was a very Christian man himself. Uh, so a lot of the uh, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings world is sort of rooted in Christianity. It's the same with um, C.S. Lewis, isn't it? Like mm. the the Narnia. Yeah. yeah. The the what's the Oh God, it's gone from my mind. The the witch, the lion, the witch, and the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Yeah, that's it. The yeah. lion, the witch. No, yeah. yeah, I read all the <laughs> Prince Caspian. All of the, that, that that is all an allegory for yeah. um, for Christendom. Um, Christendom. Okay. <laughs> a bit of a rogue choice, I will say. <laughs> for God, let's so, just say but God. No, so uh, overall, I'm like I'm, I'm a lover of Tolkien and the entire universe that he created. The escapism that it offers is fantastic. In terms of the introduction of Aragorn as just being a someone that you feel is nothing, but actually they are, you know, incredibly important. It is a nice analogy towards a small business that you look at. Um, and this is generalising massively, but you look at a small business on its own is can be either lifestyle or profit seeking. Uh, but small businesses in the UK make up over ninety nine percent of the businesses, and over, I think it's what forty. The numbers vary between 40 and 60% of GDP. That's a significant impact on the UK economy. 60% of all employment is in a small or 60% medium. 60% of employment, thank you, yeah. yes. And it's 40% of GDP there or thereabouts. So it is very much, you can look at something as a 
on its own and think not much of it. But overall, and the reason we're here as well is just yeah, these uh, those uh, what are they your reference is the uh, the captains of their own destiny. Make a big impact. Sorry, I said that's that's a different different author altogether, isn't it? Captains of their captains of their soul. What? I don't know. I'm going. I'm talking about the podcast name. Oh, nine till when for small business captains? I forgot to write that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, well, obviously, I'm not going to be sprung from the ashes on this one. I'm a bit. I don't think you are. I'm going to go burn out uh, in the corner over here. I'm going to go bonkers in terms of small business. Uh, I think I think it's a brilliant quote in general, but you're right. I think. Tying it back to it's small business, we've it's a just bit... fought our way around this for about five minutes, and I'm not sure we made any sense. So, overall, does it mean much for small businesses? No, but it's a great quote. So yeah. I'm going to read it one more time. Okay. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadow shall spring. Renewed shall be the blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. That was almost perfect until I fluffed one one line of it, oh, but well. that's fine. And that's it. That's the end of the show. End of the season as well, isn't it? No, it's not the end of the season. We're still going. Are we still going? Do it's we just not the have end of marketing. Breaks? We do have seasonal breaks, but that was a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> Catch up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of our marketing explained, oh. and we'll be coming up with a new format for that one uh, for the next se- uh, next episode. Um, but uh, until then. We'll keep on trudging. Let us know what you think at podcast at iwalker.co.uk. And um, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Speak soon. Have a nice day. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.